Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm with my sisters, Liz Dolan. You are in Santa Monica, California. Correct, Liz? Yeah, feeling a little woozy today, Leanne. I'm woozy in Santa Monica. I can explain later. All right. Okay. (laughs) Good tease. And then live from Brooklyn, New York, Julie Dolan. Julie, you're there for a quick trip, I understand. Right. Yes. Urban Nana is on duty for a quick trip. This just had some last minute babysitting I had to get done. And also a a pre-holiday visit, a little pre-Christmas visit. So so I've got some surprises going on here in Brooklyn for uh, my short visit. Excellent. Well, we have some surprises uh, on the show. I love it. Okay. First of all, we got big news, announcing big news. And, of course, it's that I got a dog. So... I can't wait to hear, Leanne. I I, I haven't even called you because I wanted to to get it fresh on the podcast. I know. It's true. Also, we have some Santa stories. You're going to want to stay tuned if you're a Santa fan. Uh, We have some stories from the world of health about optimism and just a sad rest in peace we're going to tell you about. Um, Also, Julie has more from the world of cottage cheese. Cottage <laughs> the cottage cheese consortium is really growing. Okay. The comeback is happening. 2017 is going to be the year of cottage cheese. Right. Okay. But first, uh, you know, all the headlines this week are about Russia. Even Madam Secretary this week was about Russia. But Julie, you man our Russian desk at Satellite Sisters. And this must just be what old home week for you, right? This <laughs> no I mean, news that's, for I, you. As as sisters, as I was hearing the story about the Russian hacking, the Russian involvement in the U.S. elections, I was just reflecting back. And I think any longtime listener to Satellite Sisters will know that I live five years in Moscow. And so I've been reporting on what's going on in Russia and reporting on what life was like living in Russia uh, uh, on our old podcasts, which you can still listen to if you go to SatelliteSisters.com. But I just... I, here's here's what we what we have learned over the years as a satellite sister. Here are some things that you know. Number one, Russia is the land of spies. How many <laughs> times did I say that uh, on the podcast? Hundreds, the, hundreds, hundreds of times. Okay. When we did visited I, you, you even took us to like Spy Central to the bar at the Metropole Hotel. Yes, yes. Uh, right across this, you know, very close to Lubyanka Square, where uh, it all went down with the KGB. Okay, I said, and I've also said. A hundred times, at least, that the land of spies, Russia, is also run by a spy, right? Putin, yes, that's yes. his background. He mm-hmm. is a spy. And I've said over and over again that the Russians never dismantled their spying apparatus, their spying industry uh, at the end of the Cold War. They were good at spying and they just kept it going. So, <laughs> uh, so, that, so the land of spies run by a spy. I also have said on numerous occasions that the Russians do not believe in the win-win strategy. They don't believe in two superpowers or three superpowers. They believe in one superpower, like they win, we lose. Okay, that's that's the way they they roll. Okay, so 
So you can, and if you have been listening to Satellite Sisters over the years, you know, when I did the shows from Russia, you also, I was certain that, um, that you, you know, that Russians were listening to those podcasts being recorded on my telephone line, right? Yes. You know, I, I no, think they, we had, we had evidence of that. We had, we had direct evidence. evidence. Yes, we did. We, 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 you know, all transmitters broke up, uh, blew up. We had, we had outside corroborating forces tell us that yes, indeed, you know, our apartment was bugged. Uh, the phone lines were tapped. I certainly, you know, I know we were watched when we were in Moscow, our movements, where we went, who we met with, et cetera. Liz, you were with us visiting one time in Moscow, and uh, we returned to my car, and there were all kinds of Russian officers by our car. Remember yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russian officers with things plugged into the dashboard of Julie's car, downloading whatever it is had clearly been recorded. In uh, okay. that car. So, and yes. they were, they were standing there when we came out of an art yes. museum. Yeah, they weren't even like, they weren't shy about this. So we know that we were our, that satellite sisters made directly, but yeah, satellite sisters indirectly, we've been tapped. We've been watched. We've been monitored. I certainly hope there are not videos. I don't know. I haven't seen any. <laughs> there are a few incriminating photos of our hairdos when we went to Russia and hosted that event. That, when those surfaced, with they're our, scary. With our ice dancing hairdos? Ice, yes. <laughs> Would you anyway, like this so- hairspray with sparkles in it? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, do yes do i think the russians were hacking yes, yes of course yes. and if they were not hacking they are also the masters of misinformation if the chinese or the north koreans or the iranians were doing it but the russians can take advantage of it and say that they were hacking hacking fine 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 again if you listen to satellite sisters this is not news okay this isn't even fake news this is we have been talking about this for for years the other thing that liz you have been reporting on for many for a long time is email okay right and yes. you have said that the presumption that you can write and you can just fill in the blank here snarky emails sexy emails mean emails <laughs> and and think that they are private you know that they are not going to come out at some point or that's sort of dumb and naive i yeah, really nothing I really is do. private Nothing, nothing is private. Anymore. Nothing is, is private. So I just so I think as we try to sort through this issue, I think people should just go back and listen to a lot of Satellite Sisters podcasts <laughs> from the years that I was in in Russia. So that would be from like 2001 to 2006. If you listen to any of those, you can assume that Russians were listening to those podcasts as well. And it's because we represented some giant geopolitical threat, Julie, do you think? Or it was just, this is what they do, right? Again, back to the first point, land of spies run by spies that do not believe in any kind of win-win strategy. Okay. Win-lose strategy. That's the only strategy they believe in. Yeah. And we're laughing, but not because it's funny. Just no. because. No. Right. No. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's very serious. It's Julie absolutely- has said so for so many years. We just don't understand why anyone would be surprised. Right. That's exactly it. Very serious situation. Thank you, Julie. Excellent work. As always. <laughs> excellent work. All right. Well, speaking of excellent work, I got an excellent dog this weekend. Oh, oh that's so great. 
You know, part of my four-point strategy after the election was to get a dog. So, so um, we started looking. Oh, and here she is, right on cue. Here is Steffi, the German Shepherd. She's coming up the stairs, and she's right here. So far, so good. So we we are German Shepherd people, uh, not, and not because we're spies. Uh, we're German Shepherd people because... <laughs> I have, because I have a lot of dog allergies, but one breed I am not allergic to is German Shepherds. So, um, I never knew that. I never knew that was part of the, I don't think we ever cared that you had dog allergies. (laughs) I think that's the truth. You were number eight. Her parents didn't care when we had that dog for years and I sneezed for 18 years and no one cared. And (laughs) now it's only gotten worse. So like retrievers, I I can't even pet another retriever. I get hives and things like that. So anyway, we landed on on German Shepherds 24 years ago when we got married because literally one followed me home one day. This very (laughs) sweet... That's true. True story. And we had it for three months and we cared for it and we thought it was our dog. And then one day I was walking it and someone said, hey, I think that's my nephew's dog. And so that's (laughs) – and it was. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that either. I've had many dogs. And uh, so that's when we started with our German Shepherds. So we were looking for a three-year-old German Shepherd, a female. We know females a lot less aggressive than ma- than male dogs. They tend to be smaller. I didn't want a puppy again. I wasn't kidding. Everyone kept saying, "No, no, you're going to see a puppy." Nope, done. Don't want a puppy again. Uh, was looking for a dog whose primary attribute was sweetness, which again, not necessarily something you think of with German shepherds. But what I have found is that. People see you have a German Shepherd, and that's it. They don't need to, like, encounter the Shepherd up close to wonder, I wonder if that's a nice German Shepherd or not. They just cross the street, and that's what I like. When people try to sell me magazines, knock on my door, and they see a German Shepherd, they back off the front porch. So that Shepherd does not have to be trained in any way, shape, or form. And that's a good thing, because this Shepherd is not trained in any way, shape, or form. But (laughs) That's that's good. She's just a dog. She's a very sweet dog. We we reached out to a bunch of rescue um, agencies here in Los Angeles. And uh, we ended up getting her through the Burbank German Shepherd Rescue. Um, we saw her like three weeks ago, and but we also had a couple of feelers out on other dogs. And what impressed us most of all when we went to the shelter, there were like, again, 20 barking German Shepherds. And then she came in and just sat down in the office and looked at us like, please get me out of here. <laughs> please Aww. get me out of here. So, That's but perfect. She is a beautiful. Julie, you'll appreciate this. She's a redhead. So oh, uh, like that. she's a red and black German shepherd. So she's a very pretty like red blonde coat with just a little bit of brown in it. So she's lighter, but she definitely the first three years of her life, something happened because she has oh. um, she has a scar across her snout where clearly she was muzzled. And uh, the rescue people tell us, you know, German shepherds, they bark. That's their job. And um, so the <laughs> rescue people said, well, a lot of times people literally just tape their mouth shut. Oh, to teach them not to bark. So it looks like they did that. And when they sort of ripped off the tape or whatever they had, the wire, she scarred. And then the, the hair grew in, but it grew in white, not the snout color. So she has kind of a white ring. And then her ears are a little ragtaggy. Like maybe she got in some fights or she wasn't taken to the vet with an infection. So... Uh, but that's okay. She's beautiful and very sweet. You won't us. be showing her at Westminster. No, that is again, <laughs> no. 
No. Is she a barker? Because uh, Mia liked to bark. We had her on quite a few podcasts. Yeah. That was, uh, Mia barked at that one dog. dog. She Did barked she? at one dog. That was the dog just happened to walk by my house nine times a day. And I can report that that dog has now crossed Rainbow Bridge, if you know what I mean. And so <laughs> that's why we decided the time is right. Because Mia's mortal enemy is no more, and I did not want to introduce a new dog while that other dog was out there. So, uh, so far, Julie, she has literally barked three barks, and that oh. so in seventy-two hours. Now, I'm sure she'll bark. Someone muzzled her for a reason, and once she gets more comfortable, yeah, I bet she'll bark occasionally. But she doesn't seem. She seems very friendly to people. She, my son showed up last night to meet her. She just went right over and wagged her tail. His friends came over, a lot of tail wagging. Uh, The kids had been running by. She's just looking out the window at the elementary school kids who kind of run laps around our neighborhood, tail wagging. Um, We are not allowed to take her out yet because uh, she has pneumonia and she has giardia, which is a tapeworm. So mm. what happened was we saw her, we had some other dogs in the hopper, uh, they were closed over Thanksgiving, and then after Thanksgiving we thought about Steffi and we said we would love to have her, and they said, well, now she's really sick, <laughs> she's at the vets, and she picked up pneumonia and she picked up Giardia. So she had really good care from the animal specialty group here in Los Angeles that works with this shelter and donates portions of their service. So thank you. But she spent six nights in the, at the vets. And so when we brought her home, we brought her home with um, a bag full of meds, which you know is so easy to give to dogs. Oh, they love <laughs> taking right. giant pills that taste bad. <laughs> <laughs> and what you want to do with your new German Shepherd is take a pill, shove it in some cheese, and then shove it down her mouth. That feels I good. Know. So that, that really earns their cool. trust. That earns their trust. Yeah, yeah. And here I'm going to put down this plate of food that's just laden with bad tasting medicines. Enjoy it. So I've, so you know, we're still working on getting her healthy. And then at the end of the week, we'll be able to walk her. She's not allowed to go out yet because the Giardia is easily spread from dog to dog. And actually, the pneumonia, you can hear it in her chest. She's still a little, she's still coughing a little bit. But otherwise, sisters, I'm here to tell you, she just, she keeps looking at me like, is this it? This is great. Like just. She's to the good life. She got the good life, Leanne, coming to you, to you. uh, Because you're a wonderful dog owner, dog, dog lover. And she'll just. She, you know, she got the good life. She won the lottery. We, we are going to enjoy her. My husband is happy to have her. He said, work has been so terrible. It's nice to see a friendly face every day. <laughs> so. And I guess he doesn't include you as the friendly face. <laughs> I guess not, Julie. And then, uh, and he does. I'm and, sure he uh, does. and just, yeah, just, you know, she's just as mellow. Liz, it reminds me of when you brought Ferris home and Ferris was like, phew, I'm home. I mean, she's. Yes. Yeah, just so relieved to be out of that barking, loud, dirty situation. So she doesn't have too many bad habits. Like we left her the first night in the laundry room with a host of shoes. She didn't touch a single shoe. Uh, she she does seem to like stuffed animals. We were past the stuffed animal phase at our house with my older sons, but she found one stuffed animal like shoved in a closet yesterday and she ripped that panda's head apart. So that <laughs> tore it apart. How's she on jumping up on the furniture? Because I know Mia loved that couch by the front window. 
Mia never sat on the ground in her entire life. Like she just, she was like, I'm not sitting on the floor like a peasant. And um, no, this one not made any attempt to jump up on the furniture. So what's interesting is clearly she had some training, like somebody liked her along the line. So she, you know, she seems to be walking on the leash. I'm just walking her up and down the driveway, trying to work with her. She knows how to sit, but she doesn't know how to stay. She doesn't know how to do down. Um, but uh, she doesn't jump up on the furniture, but she does mooch for food, which is not good. We're not, we're not, we don't feed them people food from the table. So or in the kitchen. So. So we're working on that, but just in general, super sweet personality. So I feel like we're very lucky to have her and she's lucky to have us. It's a good match. It's a good match. That's nice, Liam. So tell us about her name. You gave her a new name. That's what right. Was your well, she, her, she came, she was turned in by her owner, owner surrender to a very rough shelter in Los Angeles County, the Downey shelter, which is a high kill shelter. And then, um, so there was no name attached to her. No one knew her name. And then the German Shepherd Rescue picked her up, and they named her Shotzi, which is, I think about half the German Shepherds in the world are named Shotzi, and the other half are named Baron. And the Schnauzers, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then Baron. Like, if you're a girl, you're Shotzi. If you're a boy, you're Baron. And um, so so the shepherd, the shelter called her... um, Shotzi, which is a cute name, means sweetheart. And, um, but you know, I had always wanted a German shepherd named Steffi after Steffi Graf. So, um, and I wanted to name our last shepherd Steffi, but the boys overrode me with Mia, Mia Ham, because she was kicking around the soccer ball the first night we had her. So, uh, this time it's my dog and I get to name her. So her official German shepherd name is, uh, Silky Steffi von Graf. So that's, I love it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like it. Lane. Yeah. But she's, so she's, you know, we're calling her Steffi. She didn't really know Shotzi. So it's not like it's traumatic to her. She, she's Shotzi Steffi. It's all going to sound the same to her. So, uh, so it's S T E F F I Steffi Graf, one of my favorite players and certainly one of my husband's favorite women in the world. Uh, he absolutely <laughs> loves Steffi Graf and I know that he would leave me for her. And I understand that. Like if that ever happened, <laughs> I would totally. You'd be okay with it. Totally understand that. Yeah, totally understand that. So, um, so that's her name is Steffi, and I'm just really looking forward to having a dog to walk again. So I'm hoping she gets healthy within the next week or so. We can start taking her on walks because, according to the shelter people, she is friendly with other dogs, which is new for us, and then um, and and friendly with people. I can that's so I great. can tell you this. You know who's moved out of the backyard? Those cats that had started. <laughs> Are your cats, your collection of cats you had going there, Liam? At one Liam? point, yeah. Julie, this is when I knew I had to get a dog. I looked out. There were three cats in my yard just rolling around on the grass. Okay? <laughs> okay. Now... Good thing. Well, Steffi's in town now. Cats so, are um... fine, and I'm feeding that one feral cat, but... I don't want I don't want them to take over the backyard, you know. So I like mm-hmm. that there, there's nature's back in balance again. It's like reintroducing <laughs> the wolf to Yellowstone, you know. That's what I feel like. We've reintroduced a dog to the backyard, and so now the squirrels will settle down, and the cats will stay on the edges of the lawn. They won't take over, you know. The birds will use the bird bath when the dog's not out there. I like it. It's yeah, it's good. We've reintroduced some balance into nature. So. Uh, <laughs> So that's it. But I'm, she's adorable. So, and, and the best part of her, she goes right into the laundry room. We don't hear a peep for eight hours at night and she appears to be housebroken. We haven't had any issues with that. So 
So okay. that's it. Congratulations. Yes. That's great. Yes. And thank you for all the support from the Satellite Sisterhood. A lot of nice messages, calls for support, photos of your own dogs on my Facebook page, welcoming Steffi to the Satellite Sisterhood. Uh, I, I think she'll be, a, she'll be a lovely addition to our family. Lovely addition. She's adorable. All right. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to take a quick break here to tell you about our new sponsor, StoryWorth. And when we come back, we have some Santa news, some health news, and of course, a uh, cottage cheese recap. (laughs) We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. We are very excited to have a brand new sponsor to bring to you today on Satellite Sisters. And the sponsor is a service called StoryWorth. Now, what is StoryWorth? Well, you know, every family has stories and every family gathering, you know, like when we're together, Julie, Uh they're always like classic stories from the past that people tell or, you know, embarrassing details of things that happened to you as a teenager or that like some uncle tells this crazy story. So StoryWorth was founded by a guy who originally wanted his father to record all of his amazing stories. And so he worked out this way to do it, and he turned it into a product where you can now subscribe. And in our case, I wanted to subscribe our brother Jim because he's the oldest of all the siblings. So you Mm -hmm. purchase a a subscription for someone you love, and then every week StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They just reply to this email, and at the end of the year, what they do is they build all of this into a book that you get that puts together all of the stories that have been told throughout the year, and you have it all published to share with members of your family, which, you know, I love everything about this idea, everything about it. So and the, so here's the reason I invited uh, Jim. Um, so Jim is the oldest of the eight kids in our family, Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, Louis. He and his wife, Mary, who we love, uh, they have mm-hmm. two daughters, Megan and Catherine, and we've talked about them a lot on Satellite Sisters before. They are contributors to uh, You're the Best. They're part of Satellite Sisters Next Gen. And if you're a longtime listener, you know that we've also told you in detail the stories of both of their weddings. <laughs> so, but anyway, Megan uh, just announced to the family that her second child is due next year. So I thought it was a very exciting time in Jim and Mary's life to be able to start to create this beautiful keepsake for their new grandchild who is coming next year. So they have that as a big event next year. We also have a family reunion we are planning in Bend Mm -hmm. for the middle of the summer next year. And Jim and Mary are moving. So all through the year. So I, anyway, so I subscribed to Jim and Mary. Jim immediately responded and said they love the idea. And one of the things they love about it is that it is so simple for them to actually do. It sounds like a really daunting project, but the way StoryWorth breaks it down, it's actually very doable, right? Right. That's right. You don't have to really write the book, but each week you're going to get a simple prompt like, what was your first car? I mean, how isn't that great? Liz? Yes. You can think back, what is your first car? Of course you could respond to that in an easy, simple way, and you'd have something fun to say about that. And how great for your for your children, for your grandchildren, for members of your family to read this. So it is a very unique gift that can really help 
a lot of families or a lot of groups of friends. Maybe you want to do a story worth with your group of friends. I mean, I, I love it, Liz. Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about Jim and Mary's family, in our family, you know, we, we lost both of our parents a little more than three years ago. And so you lose a whole set of stories once a generation goes. And so I think yes. a lot of this is about preserving those stories in the family. You know, Mary's mom, who is what, like 90 now, right? Over uh, 90. Yeah. yeah. Mary's mom is still with us. So they'll have a chance to build in Lee's stories to this, uh, Jim and Mary's own stories, and then things that about uh, strengthening bonds between families and friends. And really, StoryWorth seems to be the easiest, newest, best way to share your story. You're listening to Satellite Sisters, Liz, Leon, and Julie here today. This is our final show of 2017. Uh, we'll be back in 2016. G- 2016. <laughs> I have already. I don't want people to get all alarmed. That's all. <laughs> I, I've already moved on, Liz. <laughs> I've, I've moved That's on. healthy. That's emotionally very healthy that you've already moved on. You and Steffi are into the next year. Good yeah. work, Liam. That's it. We're making it happen. <laughs> But, you know, we want to welcome the holiday season. It's upon us. And uh, I saw in National Geographic magazine some interesting facts about Santas. So I want I just wanted to read a few Santa survey facts. Now, every year, apparently, in Branson, Missouri, there's a giant, well, it's billed as the world's largest Santa convention. And more than 550 of Santa's surrogates out there, the Santas that work at malls and work at town squares and work anywhere Santas work, uh, they get together and they trade Santa secrets and uh, job, you know, job tips. So they surveyed some of this. They surveyed all 550 of the Santas there, and I thought these were some fun facts. First of all, the average age of Santa surrogates out there is 63 years old, with the youngest Santa being 29 at SantaCon and the oldest being 94. Uh, Ooh, wow. If you're wondering, is the bowl full of jelly really uh, real? <laughs> Seventy-eight percent, yeah, yes, that is a real bowl full of jelly belly that they have, and the average weight of Santa is two hundred and fifty-two pounds. I don't think your doctor would give you a hard time if you went in, if you're if a Santa surrogate, and you went in for your annual physical, and you know the, and you say that that's what you do, you're Santa. I don't, I don't think any physician in the country would give you a hard time. What do you think? No, but the the reindeer might complain. Okay, Liz. You know, they got to pull that whole thing. Okay. How about this? Is your beard real? Of the Santa surrogates, 93% yes. Mm-hmm. Most of them all get their beard pulled at least once, twice a day. They said 67% of children pull their beard and 25% of adults pull their beard. And if you're an adult, <laughs> just stop it. I mean, come on. That's no good. All right. Most of the, about half and half, some dye the beard to make it be naturally white. Other, or 50% have naturally white beards. Others dye. Okay. Has a child ever wet you? Uh, 31% (laughs) said yes. (laughs) Just out of excitement? Yeah. Well, they're terrified. Half the kids, 50% of the kids don't, are terrified of sitting on Santa's lap. So you can see that might happen. 24% of Santas have an agent to get bookings. So there you go. And uh, 50% say they have a Facebook page as Santa. 
Um, oh. Here's the real big news, though. What is Santa's favorite cookie? Because I know you're thinking, what cookies are we going to put out on uh, on Christmas Eve? Uh, chocolate chip, overwhelmingly Santa's favorite cookie, followed by oatmeal raisin, and then sugar cookies, which I think people put out a lot of sugar cookies. <laughs> They're probably tired of it. And then finally, the least favorite Christmas song uh, for Santa's is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Because... <laughs> That's not the right spirit. No, not the right spirit at all. So there you go. It's a fantastic picture, though, of just all these Santas like sitting in a convention hall, and there and a lot of them brought their. It looks to be like Mrs. Claus with them. Mrs. So. Claus came along to Branson. Yes. Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of entertainment there yeah. in Branson, so yeah. they enjoy that. Yeah, they get you know workshops on makeup and marketing and beard care and Santa ethics. So that's good. There you go. Excellent. I'm sure they have a lot to talk about with each other. Yeah. Well, here's a, I had a situation with, with the Santa uh, last week that perhaps could be discussed at the next Santa convention. Let me, let me tell you what happened. I was doing my afternoon, what I call triple double, which is that's three grandchildren, two schools, two different pickup times at one school. Okay. So that's a triple double. That's I'm in the car, I'm driving around and picking up grandchildren, you know, at, at various times. So as part of that, uh, I had about 30 minutes to kill. Uh, I had Benjamin, the seven-year-old, my seven-year-old grandson in the car with me, but we, we couldn't go pick up Peter. We had to wait 30 minutes for his pickup time. So we stopped at uh, the local McDonald's uh, to get a hot chocolate in the afternoon. How fun is that? Right? Fine. So we go, we go into McDonald's. It is not crowded. There are only two people in front of us in line. Uh, and that happens to be Santa and Mrs. Claus are in, <laughs> are in the line at McDonald's, like full on Santa, the real beard, the red pants, the black boots. Mrs. Claus got the striped socks on, the red velvet dress. And I think they sure, are. Sure, Santa order- needs a break today. Just like I know. Else. I mean, they are ordering the all day breakfast or something, you know, they're. Well, Benjamin, his eyes like almost pop out of his head. He is so excited. He's turning to me. It's like, it's Santa. He can't even speak. He's so excited. You know, what is Santa doing at McDonald's? But Santa's not turning around, okay? I mean, Ben is like, I mean, he is frozen that it's Santa Claus right there, you know? And, and, and I, you know, kept thinking, well, Santa's gonna, at least has to acknowledge the children in McDonald's, right? Because yes. he's, he's Santa and he's in all of, so it's not happening. And I can see Ben, is, ben Benjamin is very confused, you know, because it's Santa, but Santa isn't talking to him. So, so I just have to say, you know, hi, Santa. Uh, I just wanted you to know that uh, my grandson, uh, Benjamin, has been very good all year. You know, that's, I just... <laughs> That's good, Julie. Just some kind I mean, of opening just, gambit to engage Santa. You had to, Liz. You had to. I mean, it was a little awkward there. Like, come on, Santa. He's you off know, the I clock. Have... He's off the clock. Santa's off the clock. And, okay, no, if you're that... in, if you're if you've got the look on, you're never off the clock if you're Santa. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. That's exactly my point. If you know, if Santa in the whole big red red suit with the black boots and the real beard. Wants, you know, wants, a, you know, a sausage biscuit, fine. Okay. But he's got to go in as Santa Claus, right? He can't. I agree. <laughs> 
so we tried to save the moment and uh and santa fine i could see uh, maybe he wasn't he was a little begrudging in terms of engaging in conversation but he asked benjamin if benjamin had been in had come to see him yet and benjamin said no but he he got you know he said he want you know wanted some star wars thing for christmas and so he got that in there with santa <laughs> well he's standing in line <laughs> But I just, just uh, you know, if you're in, if you're in, say, you, you got to be ready for kids. That's all I'm saying, right? It does make right. me laugh when you see Santa's driving around this time of year, like Santa on the freeway. It's just funny when you looked over and someone's in their full Santa outfit. It's great. It makes me laugh. It is good. It is. It is good. It is good. Um, other just holiday story. Uh, this is from the you know, Edna Dolan, our dear dear departed mother right category um you know when mom lived in portland oregon um you know one of the things that uh she used she used to just walk around a lot but she used to collect those very large pine cones that from the giant pine trees in oregon i mean she she would use them in decorating in her house in oregon but she also this was a period of of mom's life where she was always shipping things ups (laughs) It's like she learned how to ship UPS. So one Christmas, she sent me like a giant box. Uh, This was, it was prior to a Thanksgiving, but she, she, you know, she would send all her stuff ahead of time for her Thanksgiving visit. And one box, one completely large, very large box was filled with those giant pine cones uh, (laughs) because she felt that I needed a lot of giant pine cones. And I've kept them. I have a, a giant bin, plastic bin of pine cones and they do look nice at the holidays you know on mantles and various things well this year i don't know just just around town here in dallas uh you know you go into those nice garden shops or gift stores i cannot tell you how many giant pine cones i'm I'm seeing (laughs) and the pine cones the pine cones they're going for like five and ten dollars a pop okay (laughs) and it and i saw in one store Three pine cones. They had some sparkles. Now they had some sparkles on them. Forty-five dollars. Three pine cones. Forty-five dollars. And all I'm saying is, I am sitting on a plastic tub full of cash, thanks to Edna Dole. I'm actually looking it up now, Julie, and I I can see you can buy these pine cones everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, but, it's a very popular this year. Yeah. There, I they must be they must be very in. I have, I, you know, I did, I thought about getting rid of the pine cones when I moved downsized, but for some reason I, I just thought, well, I'll, I'll keep the pine cones. And now that's, it's my inheritance. That's the way I feel. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's good. Mom would be so proud to know that her investment in pine cones, because we would poo poo the amount of money she was spending to ship pine cones all, <laughs> all, I know. all over the country. <laughs> Not anymore, Liz. Not anymore. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I have started to work on some uh, goal setting for 2017, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure you guys have thought about this, and Lee and I know you always have a theme for the new year, yes. so maybe maybe our first show back in 2017, we can talk about that. But, yes. So I've just been gathering some intel for, you know, for my goal setting for 2017, and I read a story in the news that is going to be very helpful in informing me about like what my goal should be. And the story is that 
optimism is good for your health. This is the latest finding from the Nurses Health Study. You know, we've talked about this study many times. It's been going on for years and years. It's an ongoing study of 70,021 women who have been nurses throughout their career, and they've tested them on all kinds of health issues, and they frequently have really interesting findings about over the long term of your life, what makes for a healthier life. And they have concluded that optimism is good for your health. And even beyond what they always thought, they always figured, well, an optimistic person would take better care of themselves. They might exercise more. They would be less likely to smoke, all of those kinds of things. But apparently, there's something even more to optimism. So they asked uh, they asked a lot, of, they asked all of them a series of questions like, in uncertain times, I usually expect the best. And after they controlled for age and race and educational and mar marital status, they found that the women who were optimistic were 29% less likely to die in the, in the next six years. Now, let me explain. They particularly questioned the older end of the range. So it wasn't like they're talking to 26-year-old nurses who <laughs> then didn't die in the next six years. The average age was like late 60s of the nurses that they talked to. So 29% less likely just by having a good attitude. That's a pretty giant number. So then they went back in and they thought, well, maybe, you know, let's control for diseases like depression and diabetes and high cholesterol. And even when they controlled for that, the risk of dying was 27% lower among the women that answered the questions optimistically. So I think that's really important because they, what the scientists are now saying is that the advantage you gain uh just by being optimistic over and above how it changes your behavior is something that is scientifically real and that maybe it's optimism helps you cope, cope better in general. Maybe optimistic people are more resilient um, or maybe it has a direct effect on biological functions. Like if you are optimistic, you might also have better immune function or lower levels of inflammation. Anyway, it's a pretty significant finding. So one of my thoughts going into 2017 is this, be optimistic. What have you got to lose? That's <laughs> good. Right. I know. I know. Like, as you said, it's easy to set goals for the year that are more negative in the way that you frame them, you know, whether it's about losing weight or not doing this or not doing that. But maybe a more optimistic, positive, forward looking set of goals is the way to go. So just wanted to share that with people. Optimism. Let's embrace it. Even in uncertain times, I usually expect the best uh, might be a really good way for all of us to enter the new year. Uh, Liz, excellent, excellent. Liz, I think there's some theme building around that, Liz. Some theme yes. building for your year, so that's great. <laughs> you know, on a, a related note, the cover of this month's National Geographic is all about the healing power of faith. And also some interesting information on how in some studies now that when they're using a real drug and a placebo, those with faith, like the lines are completely blurred. Like it's almost really? hard to tell, which oh. is that, that that's how powerful faith can be in the healing process. So if that's part of your <laughs> optimistic spirit, then maybe that accounts for it too. But it's a really good cover story uh, on this month's National Geographic. All right. Another All right, sort so of wait a minute. Speaking of healing, I have an Etika question. Oh, really? Related to healing. 
So this is, I want to know what would you do in this situation? This is a hypothetical scenario that I happen to currently be in. <laughs> so uh, on Sunday night, I went to uh, like a major Christmas party dinner that some friends of mine uh, throw every year. And they really do it up. They just, you know, the house is gorgeously decorated. They're very good cooks. They really are ambitious in what they serve. Like this year, main course, suckling pig. So, Whoa. you know, you're not messing around. Uh, and it was a delightful party in every way. And it's a, it's the same group of like, you know, 25 or 30 people that come to this dinner uh, every year. And it was really a lot of fun. Towards the end of dinner, you know, the evening was wrapping up and, you know, it, it was time to leave. Even then, I was starting to feel just a little bit of a cramping. <laughs> then, oh, wow. Then, by the time I got home, I really felt bad. And by the middle of the night, I was just... I was just retching all night. Oh, God. So, oh, Liz. Yeah. So, hence the wooziness. That's hence the wooziness today. I'm still oh. woozy. So, so here's my here's my etiquette question. So obviously I'm suspicious that something that was served sickened me. But should I reach out to my hosts and ask if anyone else got sick? Or is that just like accusing them of poisoning their guests? Because they cooked, the, they made the food. I was going to say if they use like a caterer, I would definitely tell them. But they cooked the food? Mm. Well, it was kind of half and half. They did not do the suckling pig by themselves. And there were a couple of other things that were added from a caterer. What could it have like, been? Did they have seafood? There was raw tuna. Oh, as, oh there you, well, there you have yeah. it. You think it was that? The, I mean, they're, they're like there was an appetizer that was like tuna, whatever, oh. just raw tuna on a cracker. Yeah. So, but anyway, but it's like I don't want to accuse them of anything. But if people did get sick, they should know. But anyway, I, I haven't Here, done here's, it. I've been on the opposite end of this as the host. Someone once got sick for an, from an undercooked shrimp at our house. I'm going to straight up blame my husband because he, he was the griller that night. Uh and they sort of sheepishly revealed it. Um, but what I would say is survey the other guests to see, like, if you know somebody well, did you get oh. sick at all? Just oh, okay. And then if it's more than two of you, because it could be literally just coincidence. You don't really know. Yes. Or another I know. time I know. recently we had people over and then the person said to me sort of on an unrelated note, uh, oh, gosh, we felt terrible on Sunday. And I was like, oh, did we make you sick? She's like, no, no, no. Like I start, I reached out to other guests like, you didn't get food poisoning, did you? And it, it turned out to not be us. We didn't feel sick. So believe me, if they had it, they, they're sick too. So yeah. it could be unrelated. Yeah, I, I, Survey a few other guests. If more <laughs> than one of you got sick, then then I would say, hey, let something. Them yeah. yeah, let them yeah, know. But I, have, I have an iron stomach, so it's very rare that I get sick from eating something. And I've eaten a lot of strange things all over the world. So right. I'm thinking if even I got sick, it, well, whatever. Okay. All right. That's good. So I will secretly reach out to yeah. other, other friends. They're like, hey, yeah. how are you feeling? Okay. All right. Thank Could you. Could be unrelated. Could be unrelated. But That's good. Uh, you, as the host, you feel terrible. You, you really do. You feel terrible. Uh, but it, but it may be like if they didn't prepare the food in particular, right. you know, yeah. that they would really want to know that. So okay. I would call the CDC okay. list. Just go straight to the CDC. <laughs> just, just report them. Yeah. Nor <laughs> norovirus. Go straight to the CDC. <laughs> okay. Thank you. 
All right. Uh, a couple more health notes. One is about holiday shopping. And I saw this from Real Simple Magazine. And it's about sort of relieving your holiday stress. So I thought I would pass it along. Um, and it's this. You know, I think a lot of people feel like you have to individualize gifts. And so you run all over town individualizing gifts, so getting this for that person and that for that person, and that can create a lot of stress, and you end up uh, actually spending a lot more money. But this study done by, and I'm going to reach down and get the magazine now, because <laughs> I just threw I love this action po- podcast. Action action. Okay. The study was done by the Journal of Consumer Research, all right? So in, in, they called it over-individualization of gift buying. They said totally not worth it. That one, you spend more time, more money, and the people that you're individualizing the gifts for, they couldn't care less. Like, if you just got everyone the same thing, that's socks. good with like them. Like, if everybody gets socks for Christmas, if that's, that's good? that's the or theme, the, the holidays, year, I yep. gave down vests to people, everybody. It was the best Christmas ever. I mean, every, I bought 10 yes. down vests at Land's End. Everybody, who, everybody, got a, everybody got a vest. You know, Still blankets. wear mine all the time. Yes. So mm-hmm. there you go. That's, it doesn't matter that, you know, you think you're doing something super special. People are just happy to get a gift. So save yourself the stress. And as it turns out, last night, one person on this phone call is getting, (laughs) he's getting a good gift, but it's also going out to a couple of other family members. I saw something (laughs) caught my eye, ordered up a bunch of them. Now, Liz, you and I are having an in-person Christmas. So you're not not the person getting it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, well, now I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, Julie, it's headed your way. Something okay. that a few other family members are getting, too. So, there you go. So, save it. Okay. Just buy one item. Pass along. Um, That's good, Lane. All right. Another arrest in peace. I mean, 2016 has been a rough year. I saw an ABC News feature last night about all the people that have died in 2016. I think the famous people. It's really a very sad list from John Saunders at ESPN to, you know, Prince, of course. So super sad. But also something uh, that the death announcement was announced last week, Self Magazine. Self Magazine is going to cease publishing in February 2016. And as apparently the last subscriber to Self Magazine in North America, I would just like to say how sad I am. I love Self Magazine. It's the workout and health magazine that's owned by Cotton Day Nast. But it was really groundbreaking when it came out. Liz, you you worked with a lot of people that wrote Mm -hmm. for Self and edited Self. Yes. I mean, it's a great magazine. It really is. Because it was about health and wellness and fitness. It wasn't in the beauty magazine category, you know, or fashion magazines, which mainly shame you into things. Self was at the opposite end of that spectrum, sort of being optimistic and making you feel good about yourself and what your body can do. It was really very groundbreaking. And they also treated women as athletes that your workout, you don't have to be a professional athlete to consider yourself an athlete. And I always really appreciated that. Like there would be features on cyclists and road runners and, you know, skiers and and that, that other magazines wouldn't cover. There wasn't a category for, you know, for instance, Misty Copeland, the beautiful ballet dancer is on the cover this month. And I just like the fact that they treated women's athletic endeavors as serious stuff. Um, Just because you can't, be on the cover of, of Sports Illustrated doesn't mean you're not an athlete, you know, in your own time. And I always really like that. I like the fashion. I always like the art direction. So I'm very sad. So as a tribute to Self Magazine, I just want to leave you with this month's superfood snack, sisters. If you're wondering, 
What is it, Leanne? Well, Julie, okay, it's not I, raw tuna. It's I think it's adaptable for your cottage cheese comeback. Um, yeah. But this is a delicious combo. They said it's rich in protein, healthy fats, and has probiotics and potassium to de-bloat. And who doesn't need de-bloating, right? Come on. Well, I didn't Liz, even you, know that was a word. You don't know. You've been de-bloating <laughs> for several days. But here's what I want you to have as soon as you get off. Greek yogurt plus grapefruit plus pistachios plus a dash of turmeric. And some honey. There you go. Thank you, Self Magazine. You're the best. We love you. So oh, that's that who you should eat. R.I.P. Self. R.I.P. <laughs> that's that's Lance. That's sort of sad because you 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 highlighted so many of Self Magazine stories here. <laughs> I <laughs> really did. I mean, first of all, it's a major news source for me. So I yes, I. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> I have to somehow between Health Magazine, which I also get, and Real Simple, just pull it all together. But it's just not the same. It's not the same as self. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have to say there's some very good news going on at our Facebook group, Satellite Sisters Facebook group, uh, and that's with the Cottage Cheese Consortium. Uh, <laughs> Monica, not our sister Monica, but Monica, the listener, wrote uh, to get the things you know uh, kicked off. I mean, she wrote that she couldn't sleep well one night and got up in the middle of the night and tried some cottage cheese and reported that it wasn't bad. That, those were her words. <laughs> wasn't bad. Okay. That's great. And that just so got you're changing people's minds already, Julie. That, that, it's just got the whole thing kicked off, Liz. People have been pouring in with what they do with cottage cheese. They're, you know, they're putting, whether they put salt and pepper on it or whether they put paprika on it, you know, that it has active cultures. You know, people are getting on the bandwagon. And, and I'm really excited to see that. They're putting cottage cheese on toast, which, of course, we love. What I'd like to see now is more recipes with cottage cheese, like, you know, where you're cooking with cottage cheese, because I think that's a whole other category that's going to, you know, increase the sales of cottage cheese and get them a little more shelf space back from the Greek yogurt. I mean, I love Greek yogurt, but I, you know, cottage cheese, it's the comeback is on. 2017 is going to be a big year. And just keep reading all the exciting news at, at the Satellite <laughs> Sisters Facebook. <laughs> Okay, a few other key things happening in the Facebook group. And what we love about the Facebook group is that it's you doing your own stuff and getting the whole group involved. So Jennifer, of course, uh, Jennifer in Portland, Maine, has been organizing the online version of the Lab Rats over the last several months. And I wanted to remind everyone that I believe this is the week Jennifer is going to be posting, start posting the reviews of all things peppermint. Oh, the lab rats! I know. The lab rats are doing peppermint mm. this week, so she herself is doing the peppermint mocha frappuccino. I haven't Ooh. seen the review posted yet, but a couple days ago she said any day now that would be posted. And then once she posts her peppermint mocha frappuccino review, you can just all jump in with your reviews of all things peppermint. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so I want to remind people, and if you go to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, you can just search there for Jennifer and her post will come up. Then Emily, I thought you guys might be good at this. Emily asked for gift ideas for her 15-year-old bonus son, she calls him. That's her stepson. But her 15-year-old bonus son, she wasn't sure what to get him for Christmas. You guys are both the mother of two daughters, so... 
Any sons. Mother of sons. Yeah, mother of sons. Yes, mother of sons. And, you know, someone already chimed in immediately and suggested Harry's, which I think is good, too, because harrys.com slash sisters, you're going to get a deal. But any gift giving suggestions for 15 year old boys? Well, I saw that post and it said that he requested Steam gift cards. And, you know, if you don't know what those are, that's an online gaming I've never thing. Heard of that. Yeah, ah. my son's a gamer, so get him the Steam gift cards, right? Okay, <laughs> just get him the gift cards. That's what he wants. You know, they have to download stuff and buy it. And it's, you can, you can really win a lot of points with the steamed gift card, Steam gift card. I would just ask, get him what he wants. That okay. would be my suggestion. At that age, at 15, yeah, yes. and Yeah, and a couple of nice pairs of socks, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, some, you know, some sporty socks, some cool socks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool socks. All right. That's what and I You can say. never go wrong with a down vest. Right. Uh, no, right. you can. Well, yes, you can. I guess you can, oh, with, a fif- with a 15-year-old boy, yes, you yeah, can. you can. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, uh, stick with socks. <laughs> or, okay. Uh, or, you know what else is good? Uh, I will say this. While they're gaming, they get a little chilly. So nice uh, fleece pajamas are also good. Those like big mm-hmm. fleece pants that they sell at LL Bean or at uh, Lands End. Just the just the pants. You don't need the top. You don't need the matching top because they're not going to wear that. So just get the pants. That's also a good oh. gift. Or how so. about a bathrobe, Leanne? What do you think? Yeah, at fifteen <laughs> they might not appreciate the ironic quality of a bathrobe, but uh, <laughs> that's why the fleece pants and a sweatshirt may be the way to go. So that'd be my suggestion. Okay. That's very helpful, you guys. Okay, Emily, <laughs> there you go. And Emily, other people have posted other suggestions for you there, too. Last thing I wanted to mention is that Carrie, K-A-R-R-I-E, Carrie in the Facebook group, she's the one that's organized the, the group uh, book club. And together, the whole gang decided that the book club book uh, for January will be Helen of Pasadena by Leanne Dolan. And I know Leanne won't promote this herself, so I will. So there's the book club is January 11th. People will post their comments in the Facebook group. And Leanne, I assume you'll be chiming in on yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Some I'm thrilled that Helen is making a comeback. It's the perfect thing to read over the holidays because it does start on New Year's Day. So uh, so it has a oh, holiday, good point. holiday good theme. Good point, author. Yeah, holiday theme and a cautionary tale. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm happy to participate and happy it was picked. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, that's January 11th that Carrie wants to kick that off. And that's, we are coming back after our Christmas and New Year's holiday, uh, the week of Jan 10, or is it the date of Jan 10? Remind me. That would be Tuesday, January 10th. Tuesday, January 10th. Okay. Yes. We're going to be posting, uh, new to you shows occasionally throughout the holidays. Uh, but January 10th will be our fresh new show. We'll wrap up 2016 and kick off 2017. I'm really looking forward to that, you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we have a couple I'm more. Optimistic, Liz. <laughs> Optimism, yes, <laughs> yes. That would be a good thing. If people want to go ahead and just start posting in the Facebook group what some of their themes for the year are or optimistic goals for the year, that would be really fun for everyone to read. Let's provide a little inspiration to each other. There you How go, about... Liz. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Liz, you're okay. going to bend for Christmas, correct? I am, yes. I am I am looking forward to that. Not sure exactly when I'm going, but uh, I keep reminding myself. I'm the only one in Santa Monica, California that owns snow tires, I think. <laughs> the snow tires are in my storage unit, so I got to make sure that I remember to put the snow tires on my car before I drive north, because I would be really mad at myself if I got halfway there and I'm like crossing over Mount Shasta or something, and I realize, ooh, snow tires at home in Santa Monica. <laughs> that was an oversight. 
<laughs> yes, that's my plan. We're staying here. Julie, what are you doing? You're staying in Dallas? Uh, uh, oh, well, I'm going to be in Dallas and then go to, going to Colorado for a couple of days. Oh, yep. great. Great. Yeah. All right, everybody. And I'll also be seeing, I'll be seeing Monica and Bend. She's coming down. And this coming Sunday, Leanne. Yes. Sheila, you and me, as long, as long, along with your husband and another couple of friends, we are having a little holiday outing, correct? We are at the theater. We're going to see Amelie, the musical version of Amelie, and have a little oh. dinner in downtown Los Angeles. Yes. Very festive. Christmas party. Very excited about that. So um, stay away from those tuna appetizers, Liz. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I'm feeling better already, though. Just talking about it. I was just here all by myself yesterday. Just so mad. (laughs) Okay. Anything else we got to wrap up for the year? No, but just uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas yeah, to everyone. Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah. Happy New Year. Here's to finishing off 2016 with the the people you love, the people, and you're be sure to reach out to your own satellite sisters. And we will see you in 2017, right? That's right. Sounds we're good. good. Sisters, don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>